Welcome to episode 215 of the Very Southern Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Harmon, joined live from the vault studio on the beautiful campus of Grace College and Theological Seminary by my good friend, my colleague, my co-host, and the man who is still recovering from his rowdy Super Bowl celebration, mm. John Scott Sloat. Very rowdy. <laughs> Very rowdy. Yes. Uh so I understand you were not able to attend Super Bowl party festivities. Well, I mean, wherever I am is a Super Bowl right. party, you know, so. Yes. Uh, but yeah, me, Andrew and I stayed home, okay. watched the game. Uh, Andrew went to bed at the middle of the third quarter and said, tell me if somebody scores. <laughs> yeah, right. I I'm going to do that. Yeah, we'll get into the game shortly. But uh, yeah, I mean, the first quarter was a bit of a snooze fest. It really was. The best part of the first quarter was the commercials. Which we'll also talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but before we do. So did you uh, – you said you made some dip. So my wife made some dip. Okay. What kind of dip? We're talking spinach artichoke? We're talking <sighs> – No, it was just artichoke. So my, chicken. My wife does a artichoke dip that's like artichokes, cream cheese, mozzarella, and then it's got um, lemon juice in it. So it's got a real oh. tang to it that okay. is really, really quite good. All right. Very, very good dip. Yeah. What was at your party? So we hosted our small group and uh, we had uh, chicken wings that were smoked by Jordan in Winona Lake. And then he brought several sauces that you could put on it. So you Mm. use a dry rub. Yeah. And then um, delicious. Absolutely delicious. And they also brought a a sheet cake that was like a Reese's – uh, frosting kind of sheet cake. They're a good snack family. Oh, they are. They are legit. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, my son made buffalo chicken dip. Wow! Yeah. Did he call? Uh, did he call Heidi? He did not. Okay. He did not. Okay. He relied upon my wife's um, assistance. Okay. In this. Wow. Event. Yeah. Uh, Kate made a spinach artichoke dip. Uh, we had like a charcuterie board of mm. cheeses and sliced meats, and mm. crackers. And, Were they salted meats? Salted meats? Uh, yes. Oh. Salted meats, yes. Lovely. The best. Uh, what else? Man, there was a bunch of stuff. And chips and that sort of stuff. But yeah, it's good, it's good stuff. Was our, what our, was our British friend present? He was at a different uh, Super Bowl party. Okay. He's okay. moved out of our basement. I don't know if he knew that. He's moved out. I feel like I did know that. Yeah. 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 But I knew he was like at times still popping in. Oh, sure. Sure. He did pop in right before the Super Bowl to uh, to pick up some stuff. But Okay. Yeah. If you would like to contact the show and ask John for his recipe or his wife's recipe really, mm-hmm. you can find us on Twitter at VNSPod. You can email the show, variousandsundrypodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook and YouTube, and we would love for you to leave a five-star rating and a review would be nice too. Review would be great. Yeah. Okay, John, let's talk some sports. Obviously, we're going to talk Super Bowl here. Dunk, the dunk, Chiefs dunk. defeat the 49ers 25-22 in overtime. Yep. And Patrick Mahomes was named the MVP. So? It felt like he was named MVP because there wasn't a better candidate. 
Yeah. You know, like I mean, maybe think... the kicker hit that 57-yarder. The... Yeah. I mean, the 49ers kicker kicked two field goals beyond 50 yards, but then he mishit the extra point that yep. got blocked that was very significant. Incredibly, yeah. And so you can't name him as the MVP. Um, Travis Kelsey had a couple of big catches down the, sh- in the mm-hmm. final drive in the fourth quarter to tie the game. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, nobody really stood out. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I'm just glad McCole Hardman didn't get that because, you know, he, he caught the game-winning touch. <laughs> he, he you know did. he was on the Jets to yes, start the season. I, I am aware, yes. Oh, what a disaster. <laughs> I was going to ask you how that made you feel. Gosh. Oh, Jets Twitter was going crazy. Yeah. Like, uh. I think the irony is um, – I saw somebody post on Twitter that basically the Chiefs ran the same play to beat the Eagles when they beat them in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Yeah, I a think few that's years right. Ago. Yep. And that was just last year. Was that last year? That was just last okay. year. Yeah. I mean, you would think that was some with, with the all, with the level of scouting that's done in the NFL. That that I mean, and maybe they knew it might be coming, but just didn't defend it properly. That 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 can happen too. Like yeah. coaches can, you know, jump up and down and tell you, well, yeah, I I we told our guys to be ready for this, and they just misread it or just didn't defend it properly, kind of thing. So, um, so I, I did want to talk a little bit about some things that happened in the game. Now, uh. They changed the overtime rules in the playoffs. Was it two years ago now? I think mm-hmm. uh, that no matter what, both teams get a possession. That no matter what, both teams get a possession. Mm-hmm. But this is obviously the first time this has happened in the Super Bowl since the rule change. And um, something that I saw that I thought was interesting that came out was multiple of the Chiefs players were saying. Oh, yeah, we talked about this very scenario about now with the rule change. You, you want should, the ball second. You, you want to you play defense first so then you know exactly what you need to do on offense. Just mm-hmm. like in the college overtime rules where if you win the toss, you always choose to play defense first because that way you know exactly what you need to do. Yep. Whether it's, well, we only need a field goal or actually we need a touchdown. And if you score a touchdown, you have the chance then – to go for two to win it mm-hmm. rather than just kick the extra point to tie it. So it was – and then by contrast, many of the San Francisco players were saying we didn't know what the rules were until we saw them on the Jumbotron after regulation during the commercial break basically. Yikes. Which is not a good reflection on the coaching. No, no. Um, there is – I do have a difficulty with there with there being different overtime rules in the regular season and in the playoffs. Like that, that is difficult. Well, but it happens in the NHL. They do that that way in the NHL. That's true. That's true. Um, NHL, they're like sudden death, though. First one to sc- you score and the game's over. Right. Yeah. I, I just think I, I I like the fact that both teams are guaranteed to get the ball. I like that too. Yeah. Um. Otherwise, you end up with the Tom Brady driving the field scenario against the Chiefs a number of yeah. years ago. Do you, do you remember yes. that? Yes. But um, I, I just – it seemed like, uh, yeah, the Chiefs were ready for that. And so even though 
they lost the toss. I mean, San Francisco picked to have the ball first because that's what it used to make sense to do. Sure, because if you score a touchdown, you score game, a touchdown, so. you win. That's right. Um, yeah, so that that seemed like a coaching mistake. And then somebody else pointed out. I didn't realize this that uh, Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons when they blew that twenty-eight to three lead in yeah. the Super Bowl, however many years ago that was. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't know that. Which you know that also is an interesting dynamic. Now in the two Super Bowls he's coached in, he's blown leads. Not like that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just I, it didn't. With, with maybe the exception of the trick play that San Francisco ran to score the touchdown, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Like it just wasn't. It wasn't the most compelling football. Until maybe the very end when it's like, okay, everything's on the line. And then te- both teams started moving the ball. Yeah. It's the, that last quarter of the game was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, the first quarter was terrible. Most of the first half was pretty rough. Yeah, The trick play was very, very cool. Yeah, it was well done. Well done. It almost got ruined Yes, on a couple of <laughs> yeah. moments. Yeah. But it worked out. It did. It did. So – I thought Brock Pur- Purdy played pretty well. He did. Yeah. I, 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 the 49ers did not lose because of him. Um, there were a couple of times where it looked like um, you know, in some big moments that the Chiefs just blitzed the heck out of him, like sent everybody. Sent the house, yeah. And, you know, what's the quarterback supposed to do if they're sending – six or seven and you've got five in to block like you just have to try to throw the ball away or hope that you have a hot read that can work quickly enough uh speaking so what what did you think of tony romo make it on the on the color i mean romo is i feel like romo's become a caricature of himself Uh uh-huh that when he first started doing it, people were like, oh, I really like this guy because he's enthusiastic, but he's yep. also like really pointing out insightful things about what the defense is doing or how the quarterback should read that defense or, or whatever. And now it feels like he's almost just kind of doubled down to doubled down with, oh, well, this is what people like me for. So I'm just going to unnaturally do more of that so that. He's almost become, I think, a bit of a caricature. He needs to have some time where he doesn't talk. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, like I think when they scored the touchdown at the end of the game, when you're brought in, you have the degree in this, so correct me if I'm wrong. You want to let that breathe. <laughs> yeah. You want to let it happen, and he talked through the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, after you make the initial announcement, like Nance does the, I forget the specific wording he used, but you know, you know, for the t- for the for the Super Bowl or whatever he says. Then you want to let it breathe for about five seconds. Drink I imagine in, it feels like an eternity. Yeah, but drink in the crowd cheering, drink in the celebration, you know, let them flash to the losing team's bench and you see the disappointment and the heartbreak setting in. Yeah. All those things. Like let it breathe for a minute and then you maybe circle back to, you know, the historic nature of the win or all that sort of stuff. But – it felt like Tony Romo was like, let's just break down that play right now. Like I, I, need, to, I need to show you the breakdown of the play. Like, this is not the time to go X's and O's, Tony. Just let it. Well, let maybe it. Tony Romo would know that if he had won a Super Bowl. 
<laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. So, um, were you satisfied with the number of times that they flashed to Taylor Swift in the box? So I I have way less issue with them flashing to Taylor Swift, and it okay. feels like a good a, a good slice of America does. Uh, so it did not bother me. In fact, I saw one very pro person, pro Taylor Swift person, uh, say, "Show Taylor, you cowards!" on Twitter. Hmm. Um, and that was sort of my feeling. I didn't feel like they showed her enough. And then toward the end of the game, they showed her quite a bit more. They probably—I don't think they showed her at all in the first quarter. I don't remember. They showed her pregame. Well, part of that though is. Kelsey didn't do anything in the first half. That's right. I think yep. he was targeted once. Yeah. And, and well, and then he screamed at Andy Reid. Yes. That was great. I mean, <laughs> the, the all, memes that came out of that oh, were fantastic. It's, it's so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be overdone very quickly, but it's it's excellent, which I mean, it's one thing that he yelled at Andy Reid, but he like like kind of bumped him. Yeah. In that. Nearly knocked him over. Yeah. I mean, I know you're Travis Kelsey, mm-hmm. but that was over the top. Yep. And that's one of those things that's just going to disappear other than the meme. Other than the meme. Yep. Because they won. Mm-hmm. If they don't win that game. That's, that's a huge be, story. That's being a big, that's a big story in the, you know, what are Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey going to do to repair their relationship? Is it over in Kansas City for Travis Kelsey? Because, you know, mm-hmm. all that disappears because the Chiefs won. Um. So, uh, all right. We anything else on the game? Um, anything else on the game? A lot of turnovers. There were, there were yeah. three fumbles, maybe That's, more, maybe more, maybe four. I four fumbles and yeah. an interception. Yep. Yep. Sounds like a bad movie. Exactly. Uh, all right. Let's talk commercials. Okay. Now, I didn't pay a ton of attention to. The commercials, to be honest. Um, so not many of them stood out to me. Uh, there were a few. The one I really enjoyed was the Dunkin' Donuts commercial. Now, there was a conversation going on that I was a part of during that, and I didn't go back and watch it. But I noticed like, oh, wow, there's Ben Affleck. There's J-Lo. There's Matt Damon. There's Tom Brady. Like, yep. That was – that was, and they had the the track shoots on that said Dun Kings. Yeah. That apparently go on sale Monday today. <laughs> of course, day of recording. Of course. Not that I'm going to buy one, but I, uh, if they weren't, I'm sure it was very. Funny. I'm sure they're stupid expensive. Mm-hmm. But I think I, I might be willing to spend some money to see you in one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I'm partial to. I, I enjoy the E Trade Baby commercials. I thought the pickleball one was all right, not not their best work, but yeah. So, I was I was kind of partial to that one just because the genre category I appreciate. Uh, Beyonce trying to break the internet, I thought yeah. that was funny. It was all right. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else that really stood out. I mean, I, I appreciated the Baja Blast mm-hmm. commercial with um, what is her name? The woman, the the, the actress that plays um, April Ludgate on Parks and Rec. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm blanking on her name. Um, it's like Aubrey Plaza or something? I like think that? that's right. Something like that. Uh, 
And there was a cameo at the end of that ad by uh, Nick Offer- Offerman, the guy that plays Ron Swanson. Hmm. So that was interesting. And then the other th- – this is more of a, a trend that was interesting to me. Um, there were two separate commercials that tapped into the resurgence of suits. Yeah, yeah. There was the T-Mobile one yeah, yeah, where they yeah. had the characters who played Harvey and Mike, the two main characters really in uh, suits. And then there was the uh, the Judge Judy spoof that had the characters that played uh, Jessica Pearson and Lewis Litt and uh, Donna from that. So. Yeah, I'm I'm scrolling through the commercials and I remember a number of these. Michael Sarah's commercial okay. was okay. Um yeah. he sounded like a human adult, um competent <laughs> human adult, which he he never does in his movies. Yeah. Um I mean, I think the most obvious one that that So before we get to the most obvious okay. one. Uh What did you make of the two commercials they did for NFL bullying where where they had these big tough NFL guys talk about bullying in elementary schools. I don't know. Part of me wondered like how many of those NFL players were the bullies? Yes, yes. That was exactly my thought. I went <laughs> I went, "Oh, that's the bully." Yeah. He's reading it. This is like the ultimate taunt. Yeah. <laughs> this is like this is going to cause some guy in middle America who's PTSD. like PTSD. I thought I left this behind. Right. <laughs> this is my bully. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Though, I mean, I feel like what they could have done, and maybe this is just me thinking from a Christian perspective, if you had some of those big, tough NFL guys basically saying, I was a bully, I feel terrible about it, I wish I hadn't been that guy, I'm trying to be better, Mm -hmm. please don't follow in my stupid ways when I was a youth. That would have been more compelling to me than – or send the send the NFL player with the kid to school and go. have him be his protector. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I think that would be a fun commercial. Yeah, that's a, that that'll be a Netflix series before you know it. Yeah. Um, all right, we we have to get to the to the obvious commercial that we have to talk about. The He Gets Us commercial written by us. the Karis Fellowship. <laughs> well, all right, you better unpack that before we get in trouble with that. Uh, yeah, not actually written by the Karis Fellowship, <laughs> but they had the foot washing, yeah. uh, which everybody was – which Karis Fellowship churches, if you're unaware, do. That is uh, a pretty significant distinctive mm-hmm. of Karis Fellowship churches. Yes, yes, yes. So what do you think Zach in Ohio thought the instant he saw the start of that commercial? So I texted him. Oh, and you did? Okay. I did, and he didn't see it. Ah, okay. Well, he's going to have to go back and watch that. Yeah. Um, okay. Thoughts on the He Gets Us commercial, foot washing with the tagline, uh, what was it? Jesus didn't preach hate. He washed people's feet. Was that the second part of the I tagline? I think so, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um. It seemed to me to be a commercial with saying like, hey, having moral absolutes doesn't matter. That that seemed to be the gist uh, of the commercial like, hey, you need to get over having moral absolutes and just love people. It, was that was that your sense of the commercial? Like I see on Twitter people screaming, this isn't for you. It's for mm-hmm. other people. Yeah. Well, 
I, I don't think that's helpful for other people either, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, two thoughts on that. Um, the bigger picture one. Uh, replacing one distortion of who Jesus is with another distortion of who Jesus is is not helpful. Yeah. Like the whole – yeah. my understanding is that the whole impetus is our culture doesn't understand who Jesus is. And so we want to give people a fresh glimpse into who Jesus is. Well, that's – the glimpse you're giving them is just as selective and distorted as the as the one you claim to be responding to. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know how that helps. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the second and more specific is define hate. Mm-hmm. I mean, is there a more ambiguous term? Like, honestly, yeah. What is lumped? What is considered hate speech in not in the U.S. like legally speaking, but sure. in some countries, sure. or in advo- popular in popular culture, even advocating yeah. for a biblical sexual ethic, that's considered hate speech. But so when you leave it so generic as Jesus didn't didn't teach hate. It allows the listener to fill in whatever they think hate is and go, oh, so Jesus isn't against that. So I I just think it's utterly ambiguous. Um, And then the other piece of it that I think has been helpful that that some people have pointed out is all of the sort of unexpected um, dynamics of who's washing whose feet kind of thing were in one direction politically and, and socially. Mm-hmm. That um, I know, did I did not pay that close attention to it. That all of the like, oh wow, you know, there there's a you know, there's a policeman washing the feet of an African American man. Yeah. Well that's clearly angled one direction. Uh, you know, the, here's a person washing someone's feet outside of an abortion clinic with with Mm -hmm. protesters in the background. Well, what's the message there? Jesus wasn't one of these mean, you know, pro-lifers, you know, like it was just it felt like all of the examples were, uh, you know, where is the where is someone washing the MAGA hat wearer's feet? Mm-hmm. Like if you're really trying to get the, get across the like, you know, transcend culture and politics kind of stuff that the gospel gets at, why did it feel very slanted towards one particular political slash cultural perspective? So anyway, um, I mean we've done a whole episode – we did a whole episode last year on He Gets Us. Um not immediately after the Super Bowl, but soon after. Yeah, pretty quick after. And they hosted a breakfast at the Super Bowl as well. Yeah. So, like, one of the main breakfast. Bre- I don't know the plural of breakfast. Breakfasts. Uh, Breakfasts. Uh, Something like that. Second breakfast. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, they hosted one of the main ones yeah. uh, and had, uh, you know, I saw one of their board members uh, tweeting about it. Yeah. But he, one more piece on this. It would be one thing because I see people trying to make the argument of, well, you can't communicate everything about Jesus in a 30-second spot. Agreed. Fair. You can't. Yeah. I agree with that. And I think it's legitimate at one level to highlight 
one particular aspect of Jesus' life, his teachings, in a 30-second spot? Absolutely. But then that website you're sending people to had better be rock solid. It had better be clear on what the gospel is. It had better be clear on the full range of who Jesus is and what he claimed to be. Mm -hmm. And it is not. It is intentionally mealy-mouthed. Yeah. I mean, it's been a hot minute since I've been on their website, uh, but I mean, not even willing to, not even willing to say like Jesus was fully God and fully man on the website. Being like, eh, we believe that, but you don't necessarily have to, you know. Well, and all of this, like the whole premise of he gets us, and it's more than he gets us. It's pretty much he is. He's he's one of us. Yeah. If you're the certain one, if you're the right kind of person. Mm-hmm. Where is there any element of Jesus demands that you surrender your self-focus and your, and your idolatry and submit to his lordship? Like Jesus is going to change you. Whoever you are and however you come to him, whether you're a you know, hard right, you know, MAGA flag waver or you're a hard left progressive – Jesus is going to say, you need to change now that you've come to know me. Mm -hmm. Where's that? It just feels like it's kind of, it's all right. Jesus is kind of one of us. He gets us. Yeah. So anyway, uh, interesting to to see who's defending the ad on Twitter and who's not, who's Mm -hmm. criticizing it. That's an interesting little dynamic there. We got to move on. Yep. Sounds good. All right. So since today is during the week of Valentine's Day, I have asked our resident church historian, John Sloat, to uh, to have a little discussion here about the man, the myth, the legend behind Valentine. Yeah, probably the latter two out of those three. Um, <laughs> the myth good. and the legend, yeah. Yeah, the myth and the legend is kind of where we're going to dwell today. Um, um, yeah, there is someone loud in the hallway. Uh, I don't know what's happening. Everybody wants on the podcast. Yeah. By the way, we did we did try to get our Super Bowl correspondent on today, Will Dawson, and it didn't work. And he was not available to join us. But oh, shoot. he suggested the possibility of joining us because he's going to go to the Final Four. So – Maybe we can get them yeah, on it. That uh, sounds great. After the final four. That sounds wonderful. All right. Back to okay. Valentine. So um yeah, so Saint Valentine yeah. uh, is I want to call him a quasi historical figure. <laughs> I am I'm, I'm not actually sure how to how to talk about him well. So okay. let, let me just do my best and uh we can we can have a conversation. Yeah. Um there's not a whole lot of reliable evidence. So what we seem to know from from some writings that uh, that I don't have references to, but but exist, uh, that he lived sometime in like the two hundreds. All right. That this was a this was a guy that I think I think we could say with some relative certainty that he lived. Okay. Uh, and was a Christian. So should we engage in the quest for the historical Valentinus? Yes, I, I like that idea. <laughs> what we so most of our writing about him comes from uh, the medieval period. So, uh, be thinking five, six, uh, hundred. So, so hundreds of years after he actually um, would have lived, and his real name would have been Valentinus. He would have been a, a 
So part of the hard part is, is we kind of see three different stories that pop up about Valentinus. And we don't know if it's one guy or three guys at most. So right. we're talking about a potential of one person to three people. And some of these, I think, are, are kind of very much you'll go like, oh, yeah, that's legend, yeah. basically. Um, others, you'll be like, well, that's just weird enough to be true. You know, so <laughs> um, so the main story, the one that, the one that everybody talks about uh, is uh, that Valent – let me start with this. So uh, during the reign of Claudius II – so not Claudius from the Judeo-Claudians, but uh, Claudius II, who would have been like four or five emperors after Marcus Aurelius. Okay. But before Diocletian. So sometime in the third century. Yeah, yeah. 252. He was emperor for about like 23 months, I think. Oh, wow. So, so not a long time. Yeah. Uh, supposedly, uh, he needed to put together men for his army uh, to go take on uh, supposedly the Goths. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, wanted single men, men without families. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he outlaws marriage. It's a bold strategy. It's a very bold strategy and quite unethical in my <laughs> estimation uh, in order to promote uh, these single men, you know, you know, to say, come to the army, do your service sort of thing. Could they get rewarded with marriage after serving? That I, I'm not sure. Um and in fact, as I – well, let me, let me just press on. Okay. Uh, Valentinus uh, was, was a priest in uh, Rome. Uh, it did not like this. And so uh, would perform these illegal marriages, uh, these secret marriages of young couples. All right. Uh, because he, he believed in the sacrament of, of marriage. He, he believed marriage was a positive thing. Uh, and so he, he did this. Um, Claudius finds out about this, imprisons him, um, and while in the midst of being imprisoned, young couples are writing him letters while in prison. Uh, and, and this is where we get Valentine's. And they're, they're giving him the, these letters while he's in prison. And Claudius gets so fearful that he, that he, that he chops his head off. Oh. Uh, and there is, a, a, of course, a church uh, erected. Um, oh, where obviously. he where he was beheaded, obviously, yeah. um, as one does. Yeah. Uh, when you're Catholic, you know that's what happens. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's one story. Real quick, I couldn't find any evidence. Now I did not do a deep dive mm-hmm. on Claudius II. I cannot find any evidence in Roman history that he outlawed marriage. All right. So that's tough, yeah. you know, um, or that. Like, uh, you, you know quite a bit about the Roman army and the Roman Empire. A little bit. They took married men. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I even like the story itself doesn't totally line up in, you know, it doesn't necessarily pass the eye test. Yeah. But so is the medieval period, you know. So that's that's one story. A second story sort of emerges where a, a, a priest in Rome named Valentinus is thrown in prison. Okay. So, so some similar – yeah. Uh, pieces. Falls in love with uh, the daughter of the jailer and <laughs> writes letters to her and signs them 
from your Valentine or from your Valentinus. Uh huh. Okay. And so we sort of get this like Valentine sort of sort of thing. He's ultimately beheaded as well. At what, um, what time frame are we talking? Similar, about? similar. They're so, they're all roughly in the same era. So it's still third century. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, uh, this this last one. Um, uh, I, I, so there's a city to the north uh, in Italy that I, that I can't remember the name of it, uh, where this individual Valentinus would have been a bishop, uh, and he was a Gnostic preacher right. um, who would have said that marriage and uh, sexual passion is a good thing in the Christian life. Was it I know. a good thing? I, yes, yes. Uh, and that, again, does not compute, <laughs> does right? That makes sense. So, I mean, take all of this uh, with, a, with a very big grain of salt. All right. Uh, so, yeah, were, was that one of them? How much is a mischaracterization? How much of it is real? Uh, what we do know is that the Catholic Church um, celebrates the 14th of February as is the day of his beheading, the day, the day uh, hmm. Valen, Valentinus was killed. Uh, and he is the patron saint of lovers, as, as one would expect. That would make sense. Uh, and then my favorite part, uh, people with epilepsy. <laughs> okay. Which there are some stories of him healing people. Uh, and right. there's even one part I've read where he was also a physician uh, while also being a priest. But why? Why? Why, why epilepsy? A- epilepsy. Why? I, I have no idea. <laughs> And then finally, uh, the patron saint of beekeepers. Oh, well, obviously. Which I could find no reason <laughs> why he would be the saint of beekeepers as well. But it was on a uh, 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 Catholic encyclopedia somewhere. Okay. Uh, so responses to uh, uh, Valentine's, <laughs> St. Valentine. I, I don't even know what to do with all of that. Um, so do you and, – and, and maybe you didn't do this – kind of research. At what point did this become a holiday or a quote unquote holiday or a common cultural event where the 14th of February? It's like the 600s um, and it's uh, so medieval time, uh, medieval period. When I say medieval time, I always think of medieval times. (laughs) Have you you ever seen this restaurant? Um, Anyway, but – Yes, yeah, seems to be the the medieval period where this sort of gets uh, put in place and seems to replace the Roman pagan love festivals that would have hmm. uh, been in a similar seat as well. All right. So it could be a holdover from that as well, and we're putting all this back on Valentinus, who was just a priest in Rome, or who knows. And when uh, – well, that's – when did Hallmark take it over? <laughs> Probably, what, 50 years ago, something Probably, like that? Yeah. 60 years ago? Definitely after the onset of capitalism. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting sort of cultural phenomenon. Did uh, I, I assume when you were like an elementary school kid, you, did you do the Valentines? You had, wrote the little Valentines – I think my mom wrote them and I handed them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I think every guy goes through yeah. that, right? Where you're just yeah, like, I don't want to do that, yeah. and so your mom does it for you. Yeah, yeah. You hand out candy, basically. Yeah, I mean, when you're a kid, you're looking for the candy. Absolutely, do another you, opportunity for candy. Do you like the little kind of traditional hearts that are the, the acids? 
Yeah, basically. Um, they make a sweet tart one that oh. I really like. All right. uh, the the little chalk ones that have messages on them, mm-hmm. not so much. Yeah. And do you have a favorite Valentine's Day candy? Like if you could pick what your oh, wife might give you for Valentine's goodness. Day as a little treat, candy-wise. Candy. Oh, goodness. Um, well, I, I may cheat a little bit on this. I'd go for the caramel Cadbury eggs okay. because we're, mean, we're sort of approaching Easter season here. Pre-Easter, yeah. And uh, I think you could get them now. But the, the the Cadbury eggs filled with caramel that'd be Speaking that'd be my which, go-to. Did you see that Reese's unveiled the a new Reese's peanut butter cup with caramel in it? Oh, did it have caramel? I saw that. I saw that it was bigger. Yeah, but it has caramel in it. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so, what do you make of Valentinus? Do you think he's <laughs> how real is he to you? I mean, it, it seems like there's probably some loose historical. There's probably a core. guy who was a priest in Rome named Valentinus who was killed by the emperor for some reason yeah. in some in some Roman persecution of Christians. Sure. I think that's probably a fair statement, but I think that's as far as I'm willing to go. Not even any connection with he was very pro-marriage or pro-love or something like that. Or do you think that could just be when they were looking to replace a Roman pagan holiday, they connected it with – yeah, the death of Valentinus around maybe the same time in the year when this pagan Roman holiday existed. Con- connecting it to the Roman pagan holiday, I think, makes the most sense to me. Okay, so we shouldn't celebrate it then today. No, I think it's fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I don't feel that. I don't feel that strongly about it. I don't either. Um, but yeah, we have lots of stuff that's holdover from from pagans. Sure. You know, sure. Why not? Why yeah. not? Why not? Indeed. Yeah. I mean. There's really nothing wrong with celebrating romantic love. Mm-mm. I mean, that, that would seem to be a good thing to encourage husbands and wives to celebrate that or, you know, boyfriends and girlfriends to celebrate that. I think that seems like a reasonable thing to, yeah, to celebrate. Absolutely. Uh, even if now the uh, greeting card industry and the candy industry have completely taken over the holiday. Yeah. I, I mean, how do I want to phrase this? That's its own kind of paganism. Oh, 100 percent. Right? 100%. Right? I mean, it, it just happens. Capitalism. Yeah, yeah. It just happens to be uh, more palatable than saying like, well, you know, sure. Aphrodite, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I. What do you think of this topic in general? <laughs> I think it's time to move on from this topic is what I think. So – Time now for This Day in Sports History. All right. This Day in Sports History, February 13th. February 13th. You're going to love this set of set of. Events. I haven't read through them yet. I almost read through them earlier today, but I know part of our shtick is I don't read through them. Oh, I've got some goodies for you. John. Okay. All right. Well, let's see how awfully I do. Um, February 13th, 1928. Legendary Norwegian. Two of my least favorite words to read, <laughs> by the way. Uh, speed skater. Yeah, here we go. Uh, Ivar Ballengrud sure. uh, wins the first of two straight 5,000-meter Olympic gold medals when he beats uh, Julius uh, Skutnub <laughs> of Finland by nine seconds in St. Moritz. Yeah. How did I do there? I, I felt like that one. I think that was pretty good. I, I, I'm actually wishing there was an umlaut over the U in Skutnub. 
knob. Scoot knob. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I give myself like a like an A minus on that one. I think I did fairly well. I think you're good on that. Yeah. Uh, 1952 future. Am I going to hate this one as well? I don't think so. Okay, future world champion Rocky uh, Marciano. Yeah, did I get that right? Exactly right. Knocks out Italian heavyweight boxer Gino uh, Bunavino. Did I get that right? Buenvino, I think. Buenvino in the second round at the Rhode Island Auditorium in Providence for his 40th straight win. Yeah. Okay. Wowzers. Two years later, <laughs> 1954, American college basketball player Frank Selvi scores a record 100 points for Furman, beating Newberry 149-95. So he outscored the other team by himself. Wow. 149 is a lot of points. It is a lot of points. Um, my goodness. And I imagine 54, that's without the three-point line. Yeah. Wow. All twos. Um, many years later, 1988, uh, oh boy, uh, Heek Dressler, long jumps uh, world record uh, in the indoor, 7.37 meters. I believe that'd be Heike. Heike? Treschler. H-E-I-K-E? Heike? I had a friend in my PhD program named Heiko. And it was spelled like this except for with an O instead of the last E there. So I'm going based off that Heiko. Heiko. Heike. Okay. And is this this guy German? I would would guess based on the name. I could be wrong. Okay. Uh. 2014, 10, 10 years ago now. Yeah. Uh, Japanese figure skater. Oh gosh. Uh, <laughs> Yuzura Hanu uh, is the first to break 100 point barrier in the short program 101 uh, and uh, 0.45 at the Sochi Winter Games on the way to the men's single gold medal. Yuzuru Hanyu, I think. Hanyu would probably be the way. Hanyu? That'd be my guess. Oh, boy. Oh, we got another one. In the <laughs> yeah. same year. Yes. Oh, my other favorite word to start this. Polish. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, 2014, Polish cross-country skier, uh, Jasna Kolatskit. <laughs> I'm, I butchered that one. How would you pronounce that? I would go with Justina. Okay, Justina. Kowalczyk. Kowalczyk. Uh uh, follows her Vancouver Olympic women's uh, 30,000 classic title with a gold medal in the 10K uh, classic in Sochi. There you go. So out of those, uh, out of those, John. I think I'm all talked out. My goodness. <laughs> I mean, we're now going to be out of the football window because this is I think this is the latest Super Bowl ever in terms of date on the calendar. Well, yeah. Yeah. I think they want to add another another week to the NFL, by the way. Yeah. So we're we're done with football for this day in sports, barring some like off season or like a death or something like that. So uh who do you like? There were there were a bunch of like in the nineteen fifty three All Star game, West beats East. So and so that's useless. Was MVP. Who cares? Um I kinda like Frank Selvey. Yeah, scoring a hundred. Putting up triple digits. Okay, I can go with that. I don't know it's everything. Also the name up. you can pronounce. 
Yeah, yeah. And everything else was Olympics, which I'm, I'm fine with. I mean, Rocky Marciano was not. but Oh, yeah, that's true. But I, I can go with Frank Selvey. You go with that? Tell you, tell you the truth. I was just trying to get to the names. I barely paid attention to what they were about. <laughs> of course. <laughs> All right, Frank Selvey it is. One thing you liked. All right. So over the weekend, Andrea and I got to go to dinner for Valentine's Day, and we went to a great restaurant in Fort Wayne called Black Canyon uh, up on DuPont Road. And I had – let me see if I could describe this. Uh, a pasta. So it was a bow tie pasta with like a, a, a bacon fettuccine sauce. Okay. With – mixed in was filet mignon tips. Oh, wow. With uh, like – uh, blackened grilled shrimp on it also. Hmm. Uh, it came with several pieces of, of delicious bread. Wow. Uh, and it was it was very, very good. So not a low-carb meal. <laughs> no. No, but it was great. Yeah. It yeah I'm not great. a big shrimp person. Everything else sounded really good. I'm not a big shrimp person. Mm. Well, the shrimp was just on top. I mean, is, is Kate? Does Kate do shrimp? No, she does oh, not okay. like shrimp at all. She's un- – it's unusual given someone who grew up in Boston. Yeah, I was about to say East Coaster. She's not a big seafood hmm. fan. Like she'll eat fish, but she doesn't like lobster. So, do you guys do salmon? We will do salmon. OK. But It's not a, my favorite either. That's about like the least fishy t- fishy tasting fish there is. Salmon does But you'll do fish and – I've done fish and chips with you before. That is that a different category for you? It is in part because the batter is good. The batter is real good. <laughs> <laughs> so, when you when you batter something like you know the fish in that, I mean, and it's what cod typically I think is it typically yeah is what they do for mm-hmm. and and cod is not a strong tasting fish in terms of like it's not fishy yeah mm-hmm. so but Black Canyon Black Canyon okay. make a reservation take your wife all right we should uh, reach out to, the, to see if they want to sponsor the show for that we'd love it <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with uh, this weekend. On Saturday night, we were uh, enjoying a fine evening, and uh, Jake and Autumn were over, and uh, they decided they wanted to play us in Euchre. And as a general rule, Jake and Autumn consistently beat Kate and I in Euchre, Mm. pretty pretty consistently. However, we won both games against them that night. By identical 10 to 9 scores. Wow. Including a game in which we were trailing 9-6 and I went alone to win the game. Wow. It was a it was a impressive performance by Kate Harmon and myself. Wow. To overcome uh, historical historical uh, disadvantages. Hmm. So wow. So that is my one thing I learned. Very nice. Yeah. All right. We have talked Super Bowl, both the game and the commercials. We have talked about our good friend Valentinus or the man, the myth and the legend. More myth and legend. Yeah. Valentinus. We have talked about a number of athletes whose names... John struggles to pronounce, but settled on Frank Selby. Yeah. We have talked about the Black Canyon restaurant. We've talked about a 
euchre victory for myself and my mm. lovely wife. So I think by definition, we have covered our various and sundry topics. And all that's left to say is, until next time, the Lord bless y'all real good. Later. Later.